Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day to you, or as my youngest son always used to say, Happy Valentine's Day. Either one is is, is all right. I, I, would, I would accept either greeting. So I'm delighted this morning to have relationship coach and author Joanna Harabedian, and I hope I, I didn't botch her name, but uh, she's joining us on this great Valentine's Day. Good good morning, Joanna. Did I get your last name pronounced correctly? You did. You did amazing. My oh. husband says it took him 16 years to learn how to pronounce it, so you did fabulous. Oh, all right. Well, I, I did have it spelled out phonetically, so that's always very helpful. So let's, exactly. let's first of all talk about just about you for a little bit and, and really what, I guess, led to you writing a book, I know, and, and becoming a relationship coach because, gosh, sometimes I think, man, I'm the last person that should ever be a relationship coach because, you know, human relationships are the most, well, it's about all we have other than with our pets, but uh, mm-hmm. they are the most challenging and, I mean, obviously most rewarding and fulfilling as well, but as I say about my oldest son he is god's marvelous work in progress but that doesn't mean that it's easy having a relationship (laughs) with my son so no that's true well meg thank you for having me on the show i love the work that you do you are amazing and so thank you for that and you know it's funny our journeys tend to lead us in different paths and my journey i I, I joke around and i say i actually graduated from the university of ouch that hurt and now what in the, in the arena of romance results. And uh, my personal journey is, uh, and I'm just going to go cliche just for purposes of teaching. We'll, we'll say Mr. Wrong, Mr. Potential, Mr. Right. But I initially married Mr. Wrong, and uh, the next day after we were married, he said, I don't love you. And oh you can gosh. imagine <laughs> that was quite a shock. <laughs> and that was the beginning of hell in, in that marriage. And uh Long story short, I God helped me escape that marriage because it was not a good one. And so I found myself, you know, doing that female ugly cry on the floor, complete with puppy tear, you know, puppy face. And I cried out to God and I said, what happened? I thought you told me to marry this guy. And, and he's, he's so broken and, and did all these bad things to, to me. And, you know, hold up a mirror to my face, hold up a spiritual mirror, God, and show me how I attracted this man and why I married him. And so, you know, because at that point, my life was, you know, it was a mess. I was a wreck. And, uh, and yeah, I'll tell you, Meg, that was the beginning of an incredible journey of transformation on the inside for me. Now, was it easy? Uh, no, uh, it was quite challenging. And it takes courage to really look at yourself on the inside the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this is where the grace of Christ comes in, because when we allow God, when we allow the Holy Spirit to open the veils of our eyes to see what's inside of us, because I could have blamed Mr. Wrong for all the bad things he did and not take any responsibility in the failure of the marriage. Now, does that make what he did right? No. And did I have to go through healing? Yeah, I did. But I also had to look at how I ended up in this situation with this kind of man. And I'll tell you, that was quite eye-opening for me. And so during the next several many years of being single and uh, celibate, uh, I was focused on, you know, my inner journey. But I made a lot of mistakes. And as I grew from those mistakes and got, you know, kept highlighting, he's the best shrink in the universe. (laughs) Really, he is the best shrink. 
But as God began to reveal these deeper things within me, and I began, I became healed in those areas. And you know, I had women that I would watch, and well, what are they doing to attract a good guy? Well, how are they treating him? What kind of confidence do they have on the inside? How do they respond to him? So, I became a student, and um, and so as I became uh, a student and I was learning, I then began to see what my friends were doing. And I noticed that, that there was a pattern here of, of my friends and women that I would then be meeting in ministry and, you know, all kinds of different places as I traveled the world. We all had this in common and we didn't even realize it. And so knowing what it feels like, you know, to be single for a long time, knowing what it feels like to be in a marriage where you are completely disconnected from your spouse and you feel alone, I, 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 I know both sides of those coins. And so... I didn't want women to have to go through that pain continuously, not understanding why hasn't God brought my husband? Why can't I seem to attract a a guy who's not married? You know, when you're single, all the good guys, you fall into that trap of, oh, all the good guys are taken, you know, which is not true. It's a lie that the enemy tries to get you to come into agreement with. And so it's taken me five years to birth this book. And um, because, you know, birthing a project and being vulnerable uh, you know, it's scary, and I'm very candid in, in my book. I'm very candid about every single one of these mistakes I made in my journey, and I have really, I have funny stories, and I have stories that every woman, in my opinion, is in the pages of this book. A, a part of her is in the pages, and she's going to be able to relate and identify. And so in this current culture, we're seeing a, a big emasculation of men, and it's I've never seen it like this bad, and you know, and 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 there there are major forms of it, like in the Barbie movie that came out. I didn't see it. I I'm aware of clips of it. You know, in one clip they depict men as lifeless and they're alone and they're gray. It's a dreary gray life for Ken, but Barbie, she's she's alone, but she's with her girlfriends, and it's a happy, colorful, joyous life for her. And so those subtleties right there, those are examples of some cultural digs at men and in emasculating them. And I was uh, on Facebook and a friend of mine, you know, she's happily married and she would never intentionally uh, diminish her husband publicly, but she has fallen into this trap. And so she had posted a meme and, you know, it was supposed to be funny and it was about her kids. You know, when your kids are acting out, it's because they have your husband's qualities of that part of it. Mm. But you see that right there is an example of a subliminal cultural dig Disrespectful, too, you know, disrespectful to your husband. Mm Mm-hmm, it it is. You know, and then you also have the saying, happy wife, happy life. Well, that's not true, because I've met a lot of women who believe that, but after, you know, 20, 15, 30 years, uh, all of a sudden, in, in their eyes, their husband says, well, I don't love you anymore, and he's out of there. Well, if you look back and you trace back to the behaviors and the things that she's done, you, you'll, you'll be able to identify what I talk about in the book, these seven classic major mistakes, behaviors that women do that sour good relationship. And they're clueless. They don't know why. And it's so sad, you know. So, And the key here also is we have to be willing to give ourselves permission to change our mind, given new information. And we have to be willing to practice courage to look at ourselves. And, you know, so... I talk about how we have a coin. One side of the coin is women, and the other side of the coin are men. 
Now, each side of the coin is 100% responsible for their actions. So this is not about, oh, everything women are doing wrong. No, this is just about looking at the side of the coin for our part in our relationship and understanding how we're operating on a deeper level we're not even aware of. You know, and, you know, this thing goes for men. Well, I, I'm just, I just want to, for our listeners, in, in case, and, and I, you know, I apologize, I should have shared the name, the title of the book, because people are probably like, what's the name of the book? Seven Mistakes <laughs> Women Make That Repel Good Men and How to Reverse Them. And, you know, I think what you're talking about, and I mean, we've, I, I'm sure that you've, you've observed this for quite some time, is that if you you watch any and I watch very little I always joke that the only thing I watch on television is Wheel of Fortune but uh, <laughs> and that's it's actually kind of true but um, if you even if you watch uh, Wheel of Fortune and you uh, are are in the in the room with the TV when the commercials are on there the men are always portrayed in a negative way I mean they always are made mm-hmm. out to be the idiots in the in the in the well whether it's a, a television show or a movie or it's it's very frustrating because as a mom of boys i don't want i don't want that attitude to uh seep into their consciousness and 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 i mean i think that uh both sides both men and women uh they need to acknowledge they need to be um i guess i don't know reinforced with the affirmed with the idea that god made them di- made men and women differently for a reason and I mean, he has a specific purpose, and and rather than pitting us against one another, which is what I think the media does so often, mm-hmm. we we ought to. Well, first of all, we should stop looking to the media or looking to anything that is is in um, I don't know pop culture for our for our role models, and mm-hmm. and, and look to the good book actually, and and to, uh, you know just just as you as you shared when. When I uh, call, when we uh, spoke off air for the first time, I asked you how you were doing, and you said you were blessed and highly favored. I wrote it down because I thought, wow. And and you know, I said, well, maybe I'm blessed, but Joanna, I don't know if I'm highly favored. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you you explained to me that each and every one of us, as uh, creations of God, are blessed and highly favored. We just need to uh, be looking to Him for uh, as our role model. Mm-hmm. We do. You know, I, I, the game of chess is very interesting because you have the king and the queen, and the queen on the chessboard rules the game. She, she can take out any opponent, but what's, what's fascinating about this game is her role is to protect the king. And so, as you were just talking about these, these media, you know, predictive programming that they're doing right now, we don't want our boys to, to think that they're stupid and, and, and dumb. They're the yes, dear you know, but also women have tremendous power and influence to become a kingmaker instead of a manbreaker. And I address this in, in, in one of my chapters called The Manbreaker because I interviewed a lot of guys for as part of my research uh, for this book. And I wanted to get their opinion on what I was sharing with them in terms of these mistakes. And Meg, every single one of them, they had this like look of, oh, I'm not always wrong. And it's not always supposed to be, yes, dear, you're right. And it's like they got healing from from the concepts as we talked about this. But they said, you know, they in their experiences, 
they've had so many uh, encounters with women where they are diminished, they're rejected. Uh, one shared a, a quick story that he had taken uh, this woman out for on a date, and he was a jeweler, and this is in my book, and he was looking at her jewelry. Well, in the restaurant, she starts maniacally waving her hands up and down from her breast to her face and says, hey, look up here, I've got two eyes. And he wasn't even staring at her, right? He wasn't staring at her chest. He was admir- And he was mortified and utterly humiliated. But women do things like this, and she slung. She thought, hey, I, I got him, I told him, and she was completely wrong. Now, obviously, that relationship didn't go anywhere, and she's still single. And so... It's this is the kind of things that men have encountered and experienced with women, and it causes them often to not want to get married or go out with a woman because they've had too much drama. I mean, right now, what was really shocking for me to learn as I did the research, almost 50 percent of singles in the or in the adults in the U.S. are single, almost 50 percent right now. And so what does that tell you what's been happening in our culture and so that's why I feel like that God wanted me to really bring forth this book to begin to uncover and unpack these things and go dig deeper. And you see, everything starts with us. You know, like you mentioned, God created us in His image, and we are all we all have a facet of God that was is within us and how He's created us to be special. And so, if we can come back to that identity, really the root. Then for men, you know, to come into the identity of they are a knight of the king of heaven. God created them to want to be a superhero. You know, that's in them. And God created women to to be beautiful and, and to shine and to stand next to her king. He created her to be a queen maker, and he created men to be king, king or, sorry, he created women to be king makers and men to be queen makers. But you get all this this media pop culture stereotype, you know, where they promote men beating the wives, you know, they're their hoes and things like that, or they promote the women as being a seductress and using her body. It's like the complete opposite of what God has intended and, and for us to honor our bodies, honor ourselves, and honor each other. It's been lost. And so this book, at, you know, sevenmistakesbook.com, you, I take you back, but especially for the women to come back to why don't you feel worthy to receive a compliment? Why, why don't you feel like you are beautiful inside and out? And because those, those things, those thoughts play a part in how we respond to different situations and different scenarios. It's just, you're singing my song. You know, <laughs> I, want, I want to ask you this um, yeah. about being an author and for our, our listeners uh, benefit. I mean, it's clear in our short conversation that we've had so far, Joanna, that you are beautiful on the inside. But also of note for our listeners is that, and I, you know, I, I, I hope you don't mind me mentioning that you are clearly beautiful on the outside as well. You are a three-time uh, winner of uh, a national pageant, well, three-time national pageant title holder, uh, including Ms. America. 2019 to 2021 and quite lovely you are I've seen I've seen photos of you and uh, uh, I guess what I wanted to ask you about being an author is I 
obviously do a lot of talking on the radio every day, four and a half hours, but uh, I do some writing as well. But I often find myself in uh, having writer's block. And uh, I stick um, everything that I read uh, and everything that has to do with my my. Uh, job has to do with politics. So mm -hmm. in my personal time, I, I focus solely on Christian fiction. And uh, that's really what I read a lot of. And I just, it's sort of a, a good way for me to escape from perhaps the real world. Uh, if, mm -hmm. if I were, and I've often thought about this as writing a book, how did you, how did you go about choosing this particular t I mean I know we've kind of led into it this particular topic but was it did it flow out of you I mean was it was it easy to write a book or did it was it grueling work you know that's a great question Meg every experience for writing a book I think is different for each individual because I have a friend who she's written two books already she's working on a third one and it, it's easy peasy for her and but for me, it was not because, you know, it's we God heals us in layers. And I had all this inside of me. But I, I for me, it was not an easy thing to write this book. And I had a mental block on the inside. So I literally would have to force myself to get started to write this because I had all the material. I, I knew it was inside of me, but but I had this block on the inside I had to work through. So I literally would have to force myself to sit in front of the computer. My phone was not allowed in my room and, and force myself and tell myself, now you're going to write one sentence. Because what would happen is I would sit down to go to write and then, oh, oh, now I'm hungry. Oh, I got to go get something to eat really quick. Oh, now I'm thirsty. Oh, now I have a prayer call. Oh, I, I got to do, I got to counsel somebody. So I allowed all these distractions to come in and, but I, I had to do it. And, and so I had to literally force myself. Now that's not everybody's experience. And I also have an amazing book and media strategist, Lindy Stoller, who really, she has been instrumental in helping me um, structure the book and how we were going to write this to to help women and really also to help men, because I think when men read this book, yes, it's for women, but they're going to really identify with with what I they're going to resonate with what I share, and it's going to give them insight to have a better understanding of their wife if they're married, or have a better knowledge of their future wife and those dynamics. And it also is will be a great gift for them to give to a female they know. And so it was, for me, it was challenging, but I did it. I pressed through. I didn't give up. That's the thing. You can't give up. And my, my motivating factor to finish the book, to press through all this, because I had fears come up because I'm really vulnerable in this book. I mean, I share candidly, you know, what I did, what all the things that I did and my selfish heart motivations for initially getting married to Mr. Wong and all these things. But what really kept me going was, at the end of time, when I stand with Jesus, when I stand in front of him, and he says, what did you do with my gifts I gave you? The thought of me not doing what I'm supposed to do put the fear of God in me, because I don't ever want to hear, you know, get away from me, you, you wicked servant, I never knew you, or, or have Jesus show me all the lives that would have been impacted if I had put out what he gave me on the inside. So that was really my motivation for finishing this, because I have a responsibility to steward and manage and grow and, and let others know that there's hope. 
there's hope for your marriage, there's hope for your relationship, there's hope to have a happily ever after. It doesn't just, you know, it's not going to magically happen because you have to have skills to to maintain that happily ever after. But I'm accountable to God, and that's really was one of my main motiv- motivations to know that God gave me this idea, He's given me this content, and now it's my responsibility to execute it and make it happen so people have that available. And so every kinda... single and what a great reminder, Joanna, because every single one of us, God has a plan for, and. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, everyone isn't, isn't, uh, God's objective isn't to make everyone an author, uh, or, or you know, whatever, whatever, um, our professions are, but there is a plan right. for each and every one of us, uh, every one of us. And it's our responsibility to figure out what it is and, uh, live according to his will and his plan for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, um, it's interesting because we have a, an acquaintance who, his gifting is is money management. He is amazing at growing money. You know, he's a phenomenal business person. But all of a sudden, he wants to, and he funds the kingdom. You know, he funds the kingdom. All you know, he funds evangelists and missionaries and all kinds of different ministries. And but all of a sudden, he he wants to be an evangelist. But it's like, why do you want to be an evangelist? God has gifted you with this gift to make money and you are funding the kingdom. And, and so, you know, we'll be having conversations with him to help, uh, you know, guide him like, you know, without the money that you've been gifted to know how to make these other evangelists would not be going to Africa impacting 160,000 people, you know, to get saved for Christ without you, you, that is part of his harvest. He, he is an evangelist, but he's, he's a business evangelist. He's a money evangelist. You know, so he's funding the kingdom for these for these souls, for you know, for for sex trafficking victims to to be rescued and and to get put in recovery. And so, you know, so I, I always encourage everyone: we we contrast and complete each other. We don't compare and compete. And so we have to be in that place where we're like, okay, God, what what have you gifted me? Like you said, Meg. And if you already know your gift, then don't look at someone else because. That God gifted them they, with something they don't have the gift you have. And so it's what is your part that God has given you that you are responsible for to, to manifest on the earth to impact his kingdom. Gosh, I love that we contrast and complete each other. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think, and I, I wish I could remember specifically the verse, I, I God gives grace to the humble. And, uh, and I, I mean, I, I think we're... The messages is we're supposed to, uh, I don't know, swallow our pride or or get beyond our pride and and humble ourselves. And I think it all begins uh, in a relationship. It all begins with humbling yourself before God. And and I think that's the the strongest message. Well, we are over time. I wanted to at least make sure our listeners again know the book Seven Mistakes Women Make That Repel Good Men. Uh, the website seven mistakes dot com. Uh, any other, I know that you have also have a ministry with your husband. What's the website for that as well, Joanna? That is virtualchurchmedia.com. Virtualchurchmedia.com. And we have a phenomenal um, mobile app. So 
you go to virtualchurchmedia.com, uh, just download the mobile app. We have a Bible study program on there. We have our broadcast, and, and Dr. David is a phenomenal teacher, and um, you guys, you, you all will love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Joanna Herabedian. I appreciate you, uh, all that you're doing. I appreciate your message so much, and I will most definitely uh, get a copy of your book, and uh, that will be on my reading list. I'll set aside my Christian fiction and read something that, well, nonfiction. <laughs> that, that, that will <laughs> That's be. right. Well, thanks again for joining me this morning. I appreciate it. I hope you have a wonderful day. Happy Valentine's you, Day. Meg. Yes, happy Valentine's Day to you and all our listeners. God bless you. you. God bless you, too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Going to the 830 News, followed by your calls on the other side, 715-845-2155 on the Meg Ellison Show on WSAU. (laughs) 